Get a jump start on 2024 in a new Kia from Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Shop their large selection, including the new Sorento, Nero, and Soul models. You'll score big with low prices, trade assist cash, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit OlatheKia.com. I feel more energized at work. It's even spiced up things between me and the missus. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? Yep, send a text. It's that easy. Text BACK to 231231 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea. It's the number one selling testosterone boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now and they'll also send you a bottle of Nugenix Thermo X, their newest, most powerful fat burner ever. Absolutely free. Text BACK to 231231. That's BACK to 231231. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. It's episode 660 here on a Tuesday. Shane Dennis Show, Jack Johnson running it, reading your texts, answering your calls, things like that. Entertaining, hopefully, and informing you for the next couple of hours. Here's how you can be a part of the show. You can call us at 316-669-4996. We will have one interview today, so that hotline will be all tied up at 1 o'clock, like it normally is on Tuesday. I'll tell you more about that later. Text line 316-247-0923. Text whenever you feel like it about whatever you want to talk about. But if you stay on topic, you'll have a good chance to have your text read on the air between now and 2 and 2 to 4 with Pulse and Pat. He's out in Vegas. More on that in a moment. Smart speaker. If you got one, tell it to play KKGQ 92.3. That's us. ESPNWichita.com on the stream. It's where the podcasts are. So you can listen to or re-listen to, depending on whether it's live or after the fact. Border Patrol from 8 to 10. This show from noon to 2. The Pulse from 2 to 4. And the program from 4 to 6. And if you just want to listen to something again or miss something, and after you get off work, or whatever else, ESPNWitch.com. That's where the podcasts are. In your car, in your transistor radio, 92.3 FM. Tune in on your phone, Spotify, all kinds of ways to listen to us live or later on. Follow us on X. Be our friends on Facebook. We're back at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It's February 6th. It's the 37th day of the year. 329 days left in 2024, and we are headed for a high today of 54 degrees under cloudy skies here in Dudah. All right, let you know what day it is, what's going to happen on the show today, and who the interview is going to be at 1 o'clock. But first, Jack will provide us with a moment of levity. Jack? I was at my boss's funeral, kneeling and whispering at the coffin. Who's thinking outside the box now, Gary? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Dead jokes. All right. Uh, February 6th. <laughs> it's got dark. Uh, National Chopsticks Day. National Frozen Yogurt Day. National Lame Duck 
day. That is recognizing the ratification of the 20th Amendment to the United States Constitution or the lame duck amendment. So the more you know. Wasn't aware of that one. Uh, it's also today is standby. Oh, uh, a lot of good birthdays today to get to. Um, prior to that, bring the national day back up. Computers being a little balky. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, 1935, Parker Brothers sold its first Monopoly game. It was originally called the Landlord's Game. It was created in 1903, released in 1935 by Parker Brothers. Also, 1971, Alan Shepard hit two golf balls on the moon. Big day for Alan Shepard, 1971. Birthdays, Ronald Reagan. Thurl Ravenscroft, he's known for two big things, Jack. Thurl Ravenscroft, born on this day, no longer with us. He was the voice of Tony the Tiger, the They're Great, that was him. And Thurl Ravenscroft sang The Grinch, the Christmas song, uh, yeah. You're a Mean One. Yeah, that was him. He did that, big and voice. he was Tony the Tiger. Very, yeah. Tom Brokaw, born 1940. Boys and <laughs> yeah, yeah, greatest generation. Uh, Natalie Cole, 1950. Two birthdays that uh, to hang with them today. Otherwise, we'd feature them. Rick Astley, 58. And born on this day, no longer with us, Bob Marley. Would have been 79. But celebrating a 62nd birthday, it's Axl Rose. Back-to-back Guns N' Roses peeps celebrating birthdays. So happy birthday to William Rose. Here in just a second, we will talk about the KUK State game, which really Chance and Jack both correctly predicted certain parts of that game or aspects of that game. We'll give you details in a second. We will take a walk down Super Bowl memory lane. We'll recall Super Bowl 47. It was in New Orleans. It started as a blowout, turned out to be a nail-biter. I'll tell you which one that was. That's brought to you by Mid-America Exteriors. As we get you ready for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas between the Chiefs and 49ers. We take a look back this week, courtesy of Mid-America Exteriors, your local experts in siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. That comes your way 20 minutes from now. We've got a movie Twitter tournament. Movies that would never be made today. Round two is up right now. And there's some solidarity as far as the opinions on one of the movies that are among the four for you to vote on today. I'll tell you about what that is in a minute. At ESPN Wichita is where that is. Jordan Foote, in case you didn't know, that was that's our one o'clock guest. Like he normally shows up on a Tuesday. He's a deputy editor at Arrowhead Report. 
co-host one royal way gonna have to get his thoughts on the bobby witt jr extension and also ramping up to the super bowl as we get a day closer to it and jordan foot will have his thoughts on jarek mckinnon possibly crashing the super bowl party and what he thinks of brock purdy so we'll get jordan's thoughts on all things kansas city sports coming up and then at 125 uh, if you didn't see it last night or online this morning, I'm going to introduce you to Jeremiah Fennell, or Fennell. He's an 11-year-old kid, and I think he stole the show at uh, Media Day in Vegas yesterday. I have some audio of him and Patrick Mahomes coming up at 125. And if time allows, Jack, did you see the interview with Kadarius Tony? I did. Okay. He's something. Uh, we may play that audio for you, too, and let you try to decipher it, uh, if you dare. I'm old Jack Young at the end of the show, of course, on February 6th. And then we will actually hand you off to the Pulse in Las Vegas. Pat got there eventually after having to... Kind of being a holding pattern, thanks to Air Force One, as we found out. Uh, his plane was not the only one that got delayed a little bit going into McCarran. But he's there now. And look on our social pages for some of the work that he knocked out last night. Uh, he got a handful of Chiefs players. Uh, so check out our social pages, Facebook, Twitter, and the like. Speaking of the Chiefs, if you want to make your football cave stand out, then listen to this show and the Pulse with Pat for your chance to be entered to win a Kansas City Chiefs Bud Light neon sign. Pay close attention. When you hear the Travis Kelsey sounder inside a segment, be the third caller to be registered to win. It's brought to you by Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor the Kansas City Chiefs must be 21 years or older to enter. All right, so here is your show today in this segment in particular. We're going to talk about the K-State win and overtime against Kansas, the unbelievable, impeccable record that Jerome Tang has in overtime, and eventually talk Super Bowl, past and present, We've got movie tournament for you to vote on Twitter and some kind of funny, fun-ish audio at 125. So there's your show. That's how you can be a part of it. Uh, hop in the text line and the text threads if you want to, 316-247-0923. If you got thoughts on anything we're, that we're talking about in any given time. Later on, after... The program with Seren. We've got the Friends Basketball Coaches Shows. That's at 6 o'clock, a little overtime at 6.30. So that's what's going to happen after hours here on a Tuesday. Again, big shout-out and thanks to Wichita Furniture and Mattress for hosting us yesterday. It was a great time out there. Uh, check out all of our social pages for some of the fun that we had out there on their cool couches, tables, and et cetera. And we were out there four hours yesterday, and we were glad to do it but back in our Riverfront Stadium studio today. 
Okay, so last night it was KUK State Sunflower Showdown in a, what I think, and Chance Lebo, we talked to him about this yesterday on the Pulse, but it just seems like whenever KU and K-State get, get, get together in Manhattan, that these kinds of games are pretty much the norm. Not necessarily going to overtime, which they did, but a knockdown, dragout, one or two possession game, and by the time it's over, it becomes a coin flip. And that's what happened last night as Tyler Perry scored a season-high 26 points, including eight in overtime. He never came off the floor. And Jerome Tang and the Cats get a 75-70 win over Kansas in front of 11,000 screaming fans at Bramlage. Most importantly for K-State, they get to 5-5 five and five in the Big 12. They snapped a four-game losing streak. They moved to 6-0 in overtime under Jerome Tang this season and 11-0 under Tang in all overtime games. The six overtime wins this season tie the Division I record for most overtime wins in one season. And the current 11-game streak is the second uh, longest behind only Florida State, who apparently has a 14-game overtime winning streak. Perry scored 21 of his 26 in the second half in overtime. KU falls to 18 and 5, 6 and 4 in the Big 12. Perry, meanwhile, finished 7 of 15 from the field, 4 of 10 from three, 8 of 9 from the line, 4 assists, 2 steals. Just a, a raucous atmosphere like we knew it would be. And K State, what we all agreed on. I'm pretty sure this is how it went down yesterday. Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I remember from 24 hours ago, we all agreed that K-State needed this one a little more than Kansas did. Uh, Not necessarily a bad loss for either, but when you're kind of splitting hairs here and saying, all right, who's the more desperate, who's the, who's got the most urgency, who needs this one the most, I think we agreed that K-State did. It wouldn't be a killer for KU to lose that game. I know as Jayhawk fans never want to lose to K-State, but just for the sake of this conversation, as we were talking about it yesterday, K-State probably had the most to gain by winning this game because if they didn't, they lose a home game. They fall to below 500, further below 500 in the Big 12, and their losing streak reaches five games. So the more desperate team and the team that quote unquote needed it a little bit more won the game in OT. What, how did you see it, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you look back on the regular season, you're not going to say, well, that was an awful loss to K-State and Manhattan. That's even if K-State doesn't make the NCAA tournament, right? I, it's yeah. hard to win there, uh, not just for Kansas, but for a lot of teams. And, you know, to start on a positive note, um, I firmly believe, and I, I disagree with me if you don't believe it, but I firmly believe there's nobody else in the conference that deals with road environments like Kansas. You, no matter where they go, they're going to get the hostile, sold-out crowd. Um, you know, you look at, you know, because I've heard somebody say, well, Oklahoma beat K-State by 20. Well, it's not the same environment that they You're had right. last night. You're you know, right. yeah. uh, When UCF hosted KU in Orlando, sold out, rocking, wasn't an open seat there in the arena. 
when UCF hosts, I don't know, Oklahoma State? You think it's going to be the same? Probably not. But that's also been that way for 20 years, that wherever Kansas goes, they're going to draw a pretty big crowd. Not an excuse, just going out there that, you know, maybe the, the reason they're so bad on the road this year is that this team just isn't good at handling environments like that. I think it doesn't show the lack of talent. They're a very talented team. I think it shows more so they're mentally not that tough. Um, we saw that a lot last night, and we've seen that in their four losses in the conference this year on I'm the road. I'm surprised we haven't seen Self really undress them for that yet. And, and you know, that I think is more so of the change that I've seen over the last mm-hmm. 15 years or so or 10 years is, you know, back in 2012 or 13, oh, man, if that team would have lost to West Virginia on the road. I mean, I remember when they had their worst loss in the self-air, losing to TCU when they were very fresh in the conference. He called them soft, said it was the softest team he's ever coached. They couldn't mm-hmm. beat the local YMCA squad. Now he almost finds a reason not to blame them for losses. And maybe it's the way you have to coach these guys. Um, I think the frustrating part for Kansas fans, myself included, is that I'm never, I'm never going to make an excuse for a team like this. They're not young. They're one of the more experienced teams in the country. This is arguably the most talented roster Bill Self's ever have. You can you know sit here and, and say there's sunshine and rainbows. Hey, they're number four in the nation. They're 19 and five or 18 and five. Good, that's fine. But I know that five years ago, those Kansas teams with expectations, they wouldn't lose games like this on there. They wouldn't lose to Iowa State when it's closed down the stretch. And I think that's where this team maybe just doesn't handle that pressure that well. Let's, let's all be honest with it. Now, I'm also going to say, hey, the NCAA tournament's a crapshoot. There's no true road games. You could be a two seed and make it to the Final Four despite not playing your best basketball in February. You also could be playing your best basketball in Mar- or February and be a one seed and then lose in the second week. And it, it's a crapshoot. You never really can predict it. But what I saw last night, and I don't want to say, oh, okay, you played horribly, that's why they lost, because that takes credit away from K-State. K-State played damn good. You know, I don't want to say that they won the game because they wanted it more. That would be embarrassing for KU that they just said, oh, you know what, they won because they wanted it more than that. It mattered more to them. If it's a rivalry game, you should take pride in making sure that your rival doesn't get closer to the NCAA tournament, right? That's the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane, yeah. my entire life in the early 2000s, I never saw K-State beat KU. There was 27-something straight wins in Bramlage for KU until Beasley and that squad snapped it in 08. Like, yeah. KU never struggled with K-State. Now the last five years, it's evenly matched. You know, they, they almost split with them more often than not. They've won back-to-back years in Manhattan, and that's why I think for KU fans, stop puffing out your damn chest. Stop going back to the all-time series. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about wins back in the 80s and 90s. It's what you do now, and if you want yeah, to, the pump, gap is not as wide now. No, it's not because what this has become is brutally honest a really tough place for Kansas to win at over the last few years. And even when they do win, it's a nail biter. Whether that sure. K State team has ten wins or eighteen wins at that point, it's always very tough for them, and that needs to be addressed a little bit. I know it's frustrating to to lose a game like this. I don't consider it a bad loss. Losing to a rival, I think, stings more than most. This Kansas team is probably still going to be fighting for a conference title at the very end. But what I think is so frustrating about this team is the mental part of it. You can see the talent. They've got talented guys in their starting five. I could bring up the bench and go over that for a while, but I don't need to. The fact of the matter is, when the games get close, they pucker up. Um, We saw this last Mm. night. Kev, I believe that. Okay, okay, and you can. But I'm also going to point out, Kansas fans may not want to hear it. Maybe they do. This is a bear of a conference. It is. 
from top to bottom, beginning to end. This is a talk about a grind. Talk about yep. the gauntlet. We use all those sports things, but it's damn true in the Big Twelve. And I, 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 sorry to cut you off. I, that's no, all right. I think that it's very much true. And why it's been such a struggle is because I believe this is the best the conference has ever been. And guess what? It's going to be even tougher next year with Arizona coming in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What is painful, I think, for KU fans is you kind of went from this expectation of, well, we're Kansas. We should win this conference. To now, it's almost like we're looking for every excuse to make it seem like it's okay to lose. And, you know, I can't say that for the UCF loss. I can't say that for West Virginia. Now, we've we've said this every single week, Shane. Narrative changes. They go Mm -hmm. in and beat Baylor and beat Tech and Lubbock, which is going to be tough, right? We're talking about a much different thing seven days from now. It changes week to week. But the fact of the matter is what I am noticing in these losses on the road has nothing to do with the talent level. You've got a five-star in Hunter Dickinson. Hell, how many five-stars come off the bench for teams out there? Not many. Elmarco Jackson, you may not agree he's a five-star, but by definition, he's a five-star. He's coming off the bench. So Kansas doesn't have a talent problem. They certainly don't have a coaching problem. I truly believe that in really tough environments we've seen this year, they pucker up. Okay, the UCF game. When they blew a 15-point lead, instead of past Kansas teams that would say, hey, let's cut this bleep off. Let's go Mm -hmm. take control of this game. This team's going, oh, no, who's going to take the shot? I don't want to take the shot. No, you take the shot. Oh, oh, we can't run our offense. Now we're forcing stuff, and, and guys get sped up. The West Virginia game, it was the, oh, woe is me. West Virginia hit 12 three-pointers. Iowa State, oh, woe is me. They hit 14 three-pointers. And last night against Kansas State, you had a chance in the second half. You led by 11 points. You could have said, this is our chance. We're going to keep the crowd out of it. We're going to move on with it. And we feel good. You know, we're, we're winning on the road. That That is a big-time road win there. But you know what they did? A mistake there turned into two. Two mm-hmm. turned into four. And then with the game on the line, and this is what I think was the most uh, hair-ripping-out moment, <laughs> you've got your All-American on the line, or at least projected to be All-American and lottery guy. Kevin McCuller, I think, spent more time last night complaining about no foul calls than actually making shots. Or I'll free say throws. this. His last five possessions, Awful. woof. Awful. Yes. And you Turnover, know what? missed one-and-one, one, uh, nothing good in the last five times that he touched it. And I think also what uh, nobody I've really seen address first, and I, I think Kevin McCuller uh, can win games for Kansas down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to if they're going to make a tournament run. But I saw this a lot with Jalen Wilson last year, is that when you've got guys like that, go and test the draft waters. Do you think they tell them to go be a team player, a role player? No, they say, hey, you want to get to the NBA? Show us you're a scorer. Work on this. Work yeah. on this. And listen, Kevin McCullers had some damn good games for Kansas and being a scorer this year. But people forget that when he came to Kansas from Texas Tech, his best attribute was his defense, and he was a slasher. And just like Jalen Wilson on the National Championship squad, perfect for that role he was you know grabbing 12 rebounds a game and he was the slasher and he'd give you 12 and 12 and it's like that's valuable then Jalen Wilson last year certainly had big moments he had 40 plus points against Kansas State but it's not like the the usual role he's in and I think in some moments 
Kevin McCullers trying to be the guy. Hey, I'm the the guy everybody's calling the All-American. I got to take this shot. And multiple times, he'd get the ball in transition. Is Whereas everybody's screaming their TV, slow the hell down instead of the offense. He's trying to bulldoze into three people. And he's getting fouled. And you know what? That works if you can hit your free throws. He was mm-hmm. one of five last night and missed the biggest one and one in that game. I think that when you look at that, that's also the mental part of the sport, is that when things are not going well, you're not making shots, how do you let it affect you? And last night, I'm sorry to say it, but every single KU player had hands on their head, confused about a foul call, missing the front end of a free throw, and and just being down about That's That's why... These road games are coming so much more difficult for her. Big woo-hoo, you beat Houston on Saturday, right? Congratulations. You beat a top-five team. KU's done that hundreds of times in the Bill Self era. And you know what? If they beat Baylor on Saturday in college game day, big whoop. Okay, congratulations. You won in Lawrence. That They do that a lot, all right? I don't care if it's the number one team in the nation or an unranked team. Big whoop. You win that game, happy for you. What is going to change my perception about this team is winning a road game, not just winning a road game, Winning it when you have adversity, when it gets tough. And I'd imagine we're going to see that in Lubbock against Texas Tech. But last night, the most frustrating part of that game was not so much of just losing to a rival. You know, it's it's a good team there. It's a well-coached team in Drone Tech. They're undefeated in overtime. But you had seen previous Kansas teams really step up to the adversity and go, you know what, uh, we're cutting this out now. That 8-0 run K-State has, that 10-0 run, we're, we're nipping that in the bud. Last night it was, oh no, here they go again. What are we going to do about it? And that's just, that's the frustrating part is this team is so talented. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to make excuses for losses for a team that's this talented. This is one of Bill Self's most loaded and experienced rosters he's ever had. I get the bench isn't good. Starting five-wise, you can put it up against a lot of teams in the country. Dewan Harris has been there. McCuller's been there. Dickinson's been there. K.J. Adams. And then, oh, by the way. Problem with playing a game this long, though, Jack, if you only play your starters, you'll I mean, I know it was late, but yeah. Dickinson, Adams foul out, and Furphy ends up at four. So then, yeah. you know, if that game goes to double overtime, then what? Oh, you know? if K-State would have not taken control at the very end of that game or uh, overtime, that KU would have easily gotten run away with yeah. uh, in double overtime. But, you know, what I really think it comes down to, because I believe at the very end why you're missing those free throws, they were gassed. Because yeah. this bench is, I'm going to say it again, it's atrocious. It's an atrocious bench. You can't get a single minute or two of value off the bench right now in games like that. And what I believe is going to be the the dictator, the, the big outcome of this all, if they can't get value for these guys off the bench and the starting five, even if they, let's say KU wins the rest of their games and the bench never improves, you know what's going to happen? Those guys are going to be dog-tired by the NCAA tournament. because they're you know playing. what? If K-State keeps up what they're doing, they're going to be in the same boat because they only played two guys off the bench last night, and Tyler <laughs> yeah. Perry and Cam Carter played every last minute. So I get that you do what you got to do in one particular game, but that's uh, they got bigger fish to fry as the, the conference uh, continues to heat up. Now, that win for K-State uh, – nice but plenty of work left to do if you want to talk about ncaa tournament aspirations they are still 70s in the ken palm and upper 70s in the net uh so all well and good to get to 500 in the league snap that four game losing streak but they've they've got you know continue to have bigger things ahead and i'll just say this i'll go out uh i don't think it's on a very big limb but i don't mind saying it jack 
KU wins by double figures in, in Allen Fieldhouse when K-State plays her. And, and, you know, I, I think what's uh, so funny about it is, like, yeah, that is expected. You know, it, KU mm-hmm. is, is probably going to come in fired up, ready to go. They're going to be pissed off. The crowd's going to be pissed off. But I'll be quite honest with you. Shane and maybe and I I think that you know regular season losses and wins you know you want to have the best record possible but people forget about them no, after of course a while they do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've already forgotten about the UCF loss and the West Virginia loss and all that yeah. but I, if I can be brutally honest with you KU could win that game by forty and I still wouldn't be satisfied with the split in the you'd season. be mad at what happened last night still. Um, yeah because it's just like you know you you split with a rival you know if you're going to be this big bad program of we're the blue blood right we puff out our chest well you damn well better sweep your rival every time which used to happen all the time but hey credit to K State and the way they've really uh, quickly turned around this program I mean I've always said for it to be a rivalry. Both sides got to win. Right now, football, yeah. KU's getting closer, still haven't won. You know, in college basketball, if K-State splits every single year and it's just winning in Manhattan, not winning in Lawrence, everybody loses in Lawrence, all right? So it's not that bad of a thing for Kansas State. But, yeah, they could win by 40, 50, 60, 70, or 100. I don't think it amounts to what K-State did last night. In I'll say this, man. though. I'll say this for K-State, and you, you congratulated them, and, and rightfully so. But shame on them for looking past Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I think that's someone that's going to, you know, in the back of your mind, hang over your head. Because I remember a very similar situation. Uh, funny enough, it involved Oklahoma State. But I remember when KU beat Oklahoma in football, I was like, damn, if they would have closed out that game against Oklahoma State, I'd be feeling a lot better right now. Um, but I, I would say for Kansas State, listen, they could have been on an eight or nine game losing streak. They always show they were gonna up play like game. that. Yep. Oh, my They were going to play like that. Yeah. They just absolutely. And you know what? Jerome Tang had his guys ready to play. Those were guys that had heard all what had been said about him. They had seen the criticism. This team's not good. The, Tyler Perry heard all of it. And you know what? Big-time players, clutch players, they show up when it mattered most. And you know what? I'm not going to say K-State won that game because KU pissed it away or they played poorly. You give credit to the winning team. There, You give credit to the rival. They were more physical. Uh, they clearly, you know, in moments where they needed the big bucket, they got it done. Where KU, Down nine. Yeah, down nine. You know, they, were, yep. they could have folded down by yep. 11. So you got to credit them. And, you know, back against the wall, you can hit me with the excuse of, okay, you had an emotional win. It was two days turnaround. And guess what? K-State lost to one of the worst teams in the conference, had a quick turnaround, and had to host the top team, theoretically, in the conference in Kansas. And, and they were ready to go. Kansas was not. But as we've said time and time again, Shane, the Big 12, whether you are happy about a win, as Kansas fans were against Houston and K-State fans were pissed about the Oklahoma State loss, you got to get back up on the horse immediately. And for Kansas, I think best thing for them, college game day in Baylor on Saturday, and then you get to do this thing on Big Monday in a really tough environment in Lubbock for Kansas State. Guess what? You can't celebrate this that long because you got BYU and Provo on Saturday. You lose that game, we're back to square one. It's, well, not a tournament team again. You can celebrate the Kansas win, but then you're getting close to double-digit losses, and I don't think you want to be at 11 or 12 losses by the time the Big 12 tournament rolls around because then it's a coin flip based off your resume. So big, big games for these teams on Saturday, but you tip your cap to Kansas State. Well-coached. They played well. I don't want to hear Boo Hickey about officials. (laughs) Yes, I don't care. I don't care about officials. I don't care about the all-time record. K-State won. They kicked your butts in the final moments of regulation. You move on, and you try to split with this team in, in Lawrence. We couldn't do diddly-poo there on you offense. <laughs> couldn't get a first down. Didn't try to. All right, uh, coming up next, speaking of diddly-poo, we'll talk football 
And we'll talk about Super Bowl 47. That was the one in New Orleans. That's one where the lights went out. And that was the Har Bowl. Remember that? Well, if you don't, we will refresh your memory. Brought to you by Mid-America Exteriors, your local experts on siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. That's coming up in a little bit. Jordan Foote in a half an hour. We'll talk to him about Bobby Witt Jr., the Super Bowl, and everything in between. And we'll have some funny bits mixed in there, too. Plus, our Twitter tournament has to do with movies that wouldn't be made nowadays. But first, Mid-America Exteriors brings us this Super Bowl memory coming up next. It's Super Bowl 47 between the Ravens and the Niners. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Basketball fans, get ready. Sunrise Christian Academy, Visit Wichita, and the Wichita Sports Commission proudly present the second annual Air Capital Hoop Fest, February 15th and 16th at the Garvey Center on the Friends University campus. Brace yourselves for a showdown of epic proportions as four of the nation's top high school basketball teams face off. Teams in action include Sunrise Christian Academy, a local favorite, Link Academy from Missouri, Veritas Academy from California, and Wasatch Academy from Utah. Get your tickets today at visitwichita.com slash get dash tickets. Hello, this is Jeff from CBD American Shaman Derby. We can help you rediscover romance through natural elevation. Boost your endurance and satisfaction with our horny goat weed. It's our blue pill for him and her. Happy Valentine's Day. Life is better with the feather. This segment is brought to you by KDOT. Kansas is the second worst state in the nation for distracted driving crashes. Let's do better. Put your phone down and drive like your life depends on it. Because it does. Are you embarrassed to host a party for the big game on Sunday at your place because your home is outdated? Do you want to remodel your home because you don't know where to start? I'm Christian Robb from Pinnacle Homes. We offer a unique design and home remodeling process that will turn your home into a space you're proud of. Are you ready to get started? Go to our website at remodelerswichita.com and book a consultation today. Be prepared to host the next big game today. It's time that you love your home again. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Hi, this is Greg Gurley. Hey, Kansas fans, subscribe to the new Jayhawker podcast. Here's a lob. KJ, a slam. He spikes it down. There's no other podcast with as much access to all of Kansas athletics as the Jayhawker. Kevin dials up a three. Hit it again. Kevin McCuller. You can watch the Jayhawker podcast on YouTube. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Sad news to wake up to this morning, boy. Toby Keith, R.I.P., passed away. Country music legend. That's I love this bar, Toby Keith. By the way, Jack, not to make light of that in any way, but I feel bad for BYU tonight because they're playing Oklahoma. Oh, man. And I promise you there will be a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. There will be a moment of silence before that one. And uh, Mark Pope and those BYU kids won't know what hit them. You know what's, uh, I think, universally understood is I've got friends that, you know, they're not big country fans. They're like, oh, I don't like that guy because he's so outspoken or, or this guy's too annoying, he's too Southern, like, I never met one person that was like, I don't like Toby Keith. Like, he was so, <laughs> he was just, you could root for him. Like, he's this big patriotic country singer. He's a big football fan. He's, he likes beers. He likes drinking. And he's funny. And it's like, I really never met anybody, at least uh, my friends, people I've talked no. to. I, there's probably people that didn't like him out there or liked his music or liked who he was. But I always felt like universally, nobody ever had a bone to pick with Toby Keith. No. And that says the type of person that he was. Yeah, yeah. He will be missed 100%. All right, we need to get to our Walk Down Super Bowl Memory Lane. It's brought to you all week by Mid-America Exteriors, your local experts on siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. Save time and big money when it comes to your home. Now, next home upgrade, MAE, good friends of the show, bringing you some Super Bowl memories. This one happened in New Orleans. It was Super Bowl 47. And it was played between the Ravens and the 49ers. This Super Bowl was the 10th in New Orleans history, anyway. And it was a multiple time appearance in the Super Bowl for both these clubs. So the Ravens' second. And the 49ers, sixth. It was also the first Super Bowl to be held in New Orleans since Super Bowl 36. And the first to be played there since Hurricane Katrina struck the city in 2005, which was seven-ish, eight-ish years prior. It was a Harbaugh Bowl, Harbaugh, game featuring two brothers coaching against each other, Jim and John. Uh, plenty of side stories as the game went on. Uh, the Ravens were an underdog, first of all. They were 10 and 6. And San Francisco was 11, 4 and 1. It was also nicknamed the Blackout Bowl, considering the, the, a kickoff return for a touchdown and the subsequent aftermath led to a 34 minute blackout and it also highlighted or featured i guess a 49ers season that came with some um co- i don't know controversy i suppose a controversial decision by jim harbaugh because you had alex smith as the starting quarterback going into 2012. But in midseason, he missed two starts due to a concussion. 
And second-year backup Colin Kaepernick filled in. And then after everything was equal and Alex Smith was deemed to be okay, you looked at his numbers or looked back at his numbers. He was ranked third in the NFL in passer rating and led the league in completion percentage. And he was 19-5-1 as a starter under Harbaugh. And then there's Kaepernick. But Harbaugh chose to stay with Kaepernick as the starter for the 8-2-1 49ers, but also said that it was week to week and nothing was necessarily permanent. But we found out that that wasn't necessarily true. This was a 49ers team that featured Michael Crabtree at the height of his powers, 85 catches, 9 for touchdowns, Vernon Davis, and it also marked the last game of a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Jack, do you remember who that was? Was that, uh, man. Bolton Randy wasn't. Moss. Oh, Randy oh Moss. God. Randy yeah. Moss. Yeah. Uh huh. That was his last game. And it was also Ray Lewis' last game. Randy Moss played in that game? Yes, he did. He made a catch. We'll hear it here in just a little bit. Yeah. Isn't that something? And then, of course, on the other side, you had the, the Baltimore Ravens. After going 12-4 and and reaching the AFC Championship game the year before, only to lose to New England when Lee Evans dropped the game-winning catch in the end zone and Billy Cundiff missed a field goal, the Ravens advanced to the Super Bowl under head coach uh, John Harbaugh, of course, is, is still there. They acquired Jacoby Jones, who we'll hear about in just a little bit. The quarterback was Joe Flacco, his favorite targets, Anquan Bolden, Torrey Smith, and tight end Dennis Pitta. This is when Ray Rice was still in the league. And what started off as a route turned into a nail-biter. And an interesting decision at the very end of the game by Baltimore to take a safety, and they end up winning the game. National anthem, Alicia Keys. Halftime show, Beyonce, featuring Destiny's Child. It was a uh, reunion of sorts. Play-by-play, Jim Nance, Phil Sims on CBS TV. Steve Tasker and Solomon Wilcots were your sideline reporters. And much like yesterday, uh, as we talked about the Super Bowl yesterday, Kevin Harlan, Boomer Esiason, James Lofton, Mark Malone were on radio for that Super Bowl. Uh, probably the most nicknames for a Super Bowl ever, including but not limited to Bro Bowl, Harbowl, Super Baw, Brother Bowl, and Super Bro. But as I mentioned earlier, it had all the makings of a route because early on and into halftime, it was 21 to 6 Baltimore. And I know you don't remember, unless you're a 49ers fan, which you probably do remember, but David Akers was in the midst of a pretty below average season. 
but made both of his field goals, one just ahead of the halftime gun to make it 21 to three, or I'm sorry, 21 to, went from 21 to three to 21 to six, uh, at halftime. And then the Ravens were due to get the kickoff in the second half. By the way, this game also featured a rookie named Justin Tucker. But Baltimore scored first, Anquan Bolden, touchdown from Joe Flacco, then Akers kicked a field goal, and then touchdowns to Pitta and Jacoby Jones from Joe Flacco, made it 21-3, to then Akers kicked a 27-yard field goal to make it 21-6 to at halftime. Here's a little bit of some historical audio, courtesy of CBS. You'll hear mostly Jim Nance, a little sprinkling of uh, Phil Sims mixed in here, too. You'll hear mention of the blackout and what turned out to be a hair-raising finish in Super Bowl 47 between the 49ers and the Ravens. We pick it up with the opening kickoff of the second half. The half off out of Indiana University to the Eagles. And later on, it was Lombardi bringing him out to the Raiders. Jim Harbaugh, that is. And this could be a run back from nine deep for Jacoby Jones. And look at him go. Jones is past the 50. And he is flying inside the 20. And a kickoff return. 109 yards and a touchdown. An all-time record. So now it's 28-6, Ravens. It's Kaepernick. Rushed out and fires. Beautiful pass. Grab tree. Wide to the left. As Kaepernick thought about it. Look out. And he's tipped up. And the lights went out. Half the power in New Orleans Stadium, the Superdome here, is out. Running away from Nata. And McPhee and takes the throw underneath. Michael comes out throwing. He's got Smith. And he darts up to the 35. Rice stopped about a yard short. And Kaepernick has an open field. A first down and more. Third and eight. Kaepernick fires that one in there for the first down. The game the 49ers won. Kaepernick looking long then. Finds it at the man on the sideline. From the 31. And Kaepernick again. Zips it in there. Crabtree still on his feet and in for the touchdown. Bounced off of two hits. the seven big time here's cook oh and this one bounces at the 45 picked up again trying to get outside he wants that edge and he's inside the 40 cook is there the punter and he smacks him at the 20. happernick got his man it's smith now you look for the quarterback run. It's Gore running right side, and Gore has the edge and the touchdown, San Francisco. There's 
a goal to Rice. Ball's out. Ball is out and falling on him by Brown. Happen <laughs> it to the end zone. And tipped away at the last moment by Williams. Akers this time drills it. Third and three. Go open, Bolden, first down, and Bolden, stiff arm on Culliver before they sling him down. They'll ask the rookie to pick it up, and Pierce that could have gotten him, but he's able to slip away and pick up the first down. Big reason why they're in the Super Bowl. Second and six, and Flacco has Bolden again, and Bolden sets him up for a first and goal to go from the five. Flacco. Play action. Backpedaling near the 20. That was on third and goal at the two. Baltimore had to settle for a field goal to make it 31-23. Field goal is good. And Kaepernick. Open man, and it's Moss. A run, four. Cuts back to the outside on the stiff arm of Graham. And he's got it inside the 20. As Kaepernick will start trying to take it away. Inside the 10, Kaepernick's in for the touchdown. Wow, did he get there in a hurry. To tie the game, Kaepernick. Incomplete. Third and nine. 31-29 with over nine minutes left to go in the game. Wide, the mark by the flag is out on Culliver. They're going to throw for it. Blackwell's pass. Hold in for a catch by Bolden. Unbelievable. Able to grip it and hold on. As Rice has an open out. Down at the 28. For the first. And Flacco goes underneath. Incomplete. Tucker. And the rookie from Texas delivers the goods. Going to take off for the first down. Second and ten. And Kaepernick goes down the middle again. He's got pressure. Shaking off more tackles. Eight plays over 20 yards on the game. And Gore. Pass the pass play. Gore inside the 20. Gore to the 10. And Gore bounced out of bounds. From the gun. Rolling out. Kaepernick looking, looking, firing incomplete. Kaepernick wins it. Fire. Smash. Incomplete is the call. Kaepernick walks it in the air. No flag. Incomplete. The safety with four seconds return and a punt return for touchdowns by Trendon Holiday. And he booms this one. That takes the fair catch free kick out of play. And it's Gim. Gim to the 40. Still on his feet at the 50. And the Ravens. Really, probably, Jack, the finest hour for both Joe Flacco 
and Colin Kaepernick. By the way, the 49ers had the ball first and goal at the five and couldn't punch it in, and Baltimore effectively ran out the clock and took a safety and ended the game. But pretty wild Super Bowl 47 coming from New Orleans. Ravens 34, San Francisco 31. Of course, San Francisco uh, living in the Super Bowl. Uh, All due respect and all apologies to the New England Patriots. 49ers have been there pretty regularly themselves, and they're back in it this year as they take on the Chiefs coming up on Sunday in Las Vegas. Speaking of Las Vegas, all kinds of Super Bowl coverage for you via Pat and us and the Pulse and our social pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Pat's got boots on the ground. He is in Vegas, and you'll hear from him later on with the Pulse from 2 to 4. A little Super Bowl memory for you, Super Bowl 47, and some historic audio for you, courtesy of Mid-America Exteriors, your local experts on siding, windows, bathrooms, more. Save time and money with your ne- home's next upgrade. Check them out, Mid-America Exteriors. Coming up next, Twitter question has to do with movies that would never be made today. It's 1252. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM will be live in Las Vegas to bring you all the sights and sounds of Super Bowl 58. And no one hung their head and everybody was ready to go and now we're going to the Super Bowl and like I said, we're not done. Get ready for the Chiefs and 49ers in Super Bowl 58 right here on your hometown radio station. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. 
The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. Courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Toby Keith we'll for you. Do you know what this song is also called, Jack? I don't know. In parentheses. Oh, it's, uh, I mean, isn't it? The Angry American. The Angry American, that's yeah. right. Yeah, R.I.P. Toby Keith. All right, this needs to be a quick one. Went a little long on the last segment and got Jordan Foote coming up. This one has to do with movies that would never be made today. At ESPN Wichita is where you can go and vote and repost. We hope you'll do so. You still have some time to do it. At ESPN Wichita. Round two, which movie would never be made nowadays? Django Unchained, Slapshot. Porky's, or Revenge of the Nerds. I was told multiple times in the mentions, astutely, that because it was Tarantino making Django, he could pretty much get away with whatever he wants to. So Django could probably be made again or something similar to it. So far, Porky's is getting 55.3% of the vote. Django, 19%. Revenge of the Nerds, 17%. Slapshot 8.5. Jack, are you aware of what Porky's, the premise of that movie is? No, actually. (laughs) It is a 1981 sex comedy film about the escapades of teenagers in 1954 at the fictional Angel Beach High School in Florida. The film influenced many writers in teen film genre and spawned two sequels, Porky's 2, The Next Day, and Porky's Revenge. Porky's was the fifth highest grossing film of 1982. There's a bunch of nudity in it. There's a bunch of questionable um, goings on in it. And for as popular as it was, made $160 million at the box office, there were virtually no stars at all in it. Nobody starred in Porky's that you'd ever heard of, except for Kim Cattrall, who went on to be in Sex and the City. Almost nobody else from Porky's, except for a couple of kind of cameos. Alex Karras was in it as the sheriff. Um, but for $4 million, Porky's made $160 million. And basically it was teenage debauchery was the premise of the movie. And it looks like it's going to move on to take on Blazing Saddles in the finals on Monday when we get there. But still time to vote, repost. What movie would never be na- uh, made nowadays? Django Unchained, Slapshot, Porky's, or Revenge of the Nerds? Our number one down, our number two is straight ahead. We need to talk to Jordan Foote. We'll do that next. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.